Welcome to this week's Midnight Special. We're here in this stormy n- Friday night, here to give you this lovely episode. It might be stormy next Friday. We are here with Joseph and Wyatt and John Mark. This yeah, week. we're back. Back with the four of us. Heck yeah, yep. the way so, Midnight Special's meant to be. Say hello, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> so... Joseph wanted to talk about something, but then I also wanted to get into something we talked about on a previous episode for a brief minute. And then we we're going to let Jamar kick us off with the actual topic. Wait, wait, I didn't know you guys had something else. We're not, this is not it's, a topic, it's just a yeah. question I have. Excuse have you guys, do you guys keep up with Joe Rogan much? <laughs> nope. No, I just, I watch his uh, snippets every once in a while. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. You don't like him? Mm-mm. Well, okay. I feel like if you, uh, if you, um, watch the uh, one he came out with at this point when you're listening to this it will have been last week he came out with one a couple days ago um, with Post Malone with okay. Austin, <laughs> Austin. What, is, what is his last name on him? I don't know Austin Malone Post, <laughs> Post Malone they did nearly four hours of perfect co- podcast content mm. it's, yeah, they got, it really they got on some mushrooms they were drinking Bud Light and cigarettes <laughs> and they were high it was such a fascinating and entertaining podcast. It was. I was I've, I've seen that. some podcasts before with Post Malone, and, and he is very entertaining on but the you podcast. Get, oh, my goodness. It, out of the podcasts that I've seen, like on H3 and stuff, um, you watch him on Joe Rogan. It's like another level. It's yeah. great. It's so good. But that was all that's I had to say. That's because Joe Rogan has no boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like it, though. I think the, Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan's like, yeah, come on in the studio. We got shrooms. We got <laughs> beers. Hell, we might even bring in some strippers. <laughs> I think the funniest thing, the funniest clip I've ever seen of Joe Rogan was he was doing something, and he's like, dude, I just totally swallowed all of my dip. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> he just, like, swallowed his whole dip. Yeah. I gotta respect it though, man. That's there's a reason he's got to be the number one podcast oh, yeah. in the world. Yeah, so good. It's so good. And Post Malone is is the best one he's had in a while. So uh, definitely, I recommend it. If you guys can muscle your way through four hours of Joe Rogan, it's worth it. We'll have to be on a road trip. Yeah, that's when we can really without listen. our without our parents. Yeah, that's when we can really <laughs> listen to podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for the truly. little kids, you know, because he's not exactly. Well, he's definitely uh, not not friendly. friendly. Pa- parents don't want their kids to listen to that, or even if they're adult kids, they don't want. They, but it's entertaining and a lot of educational on most. Stuff. It is very educational, and it's always usually entertaining. Yeah. All right, Joshua, what did you say you wanted to mention? Well, it's been a few weeks since we last talked, and our last topic was... Do you remember? Anime. Anime, yes. We went on vacation, took a small break from this podcast, and when I was on vacation, I I watched at least one show. I didn't get into anime anime but i finished watched and finished avatar the last airbender <laughs> my oh, yeah. boy okay. <laughs> what'd you think it took me a little bit to get into it but once i was into it i liked you were it into, I, you were yeah, into it i it definitely about what you're saying maybe the 14th 15th episode of the first mm-hmm. season then you start getting into it um i would definitely say my favorite character and like arc of the story is definitely Zuko. I feel like yeah. 
His his <laughs> character. Has Joseph watched it yet? No. He he thinks it's a little ridiculous because he isn't <laughs> he hasn't watched enough to actually get into it. But I really like Zuko's character for some reason. He's just it's he's got such a weird character, but then all most of his stuff is very like prophetic and like epic on some he's things the, that he does. He, yeah, I would say Zuko's the realist character. Yeah. Yeah, he is, he's the he, he's the one with the damaged eye, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Zuko's the realist character. Right? I think my favorite episode of the whole series, like of all of his uh, seasons, all three seasons, was the episode. I can't remember which number it was, but the one where it just talks about his past and being banished and his mother and Zuko alone. I think so. It's like the Wild West one. He, he, um, it was just talking about like him flashing back to his backstory. Yeah. It was yeah. like season two, I think. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. It was okay. But I just wanted to bring that up because well, congratulations little, to you, Joshua. Give a little update oh, and then <laughs> shut up, Joe. You're just feeling <laughs> left out now. You need to get. You need to. You need to go watch it and then come back so we can really talk about this. I so Josh, I got a little bit Joshua. of. Recommendation from my roommate who watches a decent amount of anime. He he recommended I should watch. I know you guys gave us some, but he said I should watch one that was like Goblin Slayer. Have you ever seen that? Uh, Demon Demon Slayer? No, I think there is one no, called Goblin, Goblin Slayer. Slayer. Goblin. I've not watched. I've never take seen that it. as a no. Okay. No, I've never seen it. Well, there's some new ones. I know it's popular, but I haven't watched it yeah. just because usually the really, really popular ones like that are so trope heavy. Yeah, uh, Demon Slayer is. I heard Demon Slayer is good. Well, define but trope it's your, heavy. What do you mean by that? Uh, trope heavy would be um, like what we talked about, with right? The anime like anime tropes. Like, like you, you have oh, okay. a character, fan and, and, and he's like uh, an underdog character, but mm-hmm. he wants to get stronger and become more powerful, and he always has a rival who always also wants to be number one. Okay. Um, and it's it's very copy and paste. And while while that is good storytelling, it really just is cut and dry. Just good storytelling. It's always cool to go on a journey with a character and watch them grow and get more powerful um, and and discover who they are in the process it uh, it's 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 co- it's copy and paste across a lot of them gotcha okay so well, I'm definitely gonna actually watch anime anime next time <clears throat> dip my toes a little bit further into it because I'm pleased with what I've watched so far so so Joshua before we go in I have to ask you this yes. question. Which of the four elements would you choose? I spit it out. I, I, I have. Which one's your favorite? Which one? I would have did to you say, like on like a visual basis. And I would say I'd have to gravitate towards probably fire, only because mm-hmm. it has a soft place in my heart. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but going back to our superhero powers mm-hmm. and all that. I always chose fire. Do you remember that? Yes. That was always something that I chose growing up. So I guess that kind of has a small little tickle in my heart anyway. In your belly at least. Yeah. So I, I would say fire probably. Yeah, that's a good one. So what else did, what did you have to say, Joseph? 
<laughs> I don't have anything to say. He, he uh, didn't except watch that I watched his. like four freaking anime shows. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't watch didn't the watch one Andrew. he said anyway, he was gonna watch. So this, this, I didn't this, say when. I just said I'm gonna watch it. Well, we this were on is vacation. Really, it was a perfect this, time. I, I wasn't vacation. Vacation. He will get time, but okay. So okay. this. This is a really good opportunity for a segue. Okay. Since we have Joshua here, who's now seen all of Avatar and appreciates it for what it is. Yes. <laughs> um, so, bending in Avatar is a prime example of magic mm-hmm. done just exactly right. Okay. Joshua, what did you think of what did you think of bending as a opposed to you know just normal oh i can shoot fire or i can shoot water what did you what did you think of bending in so like element manipulation from magic as opposed to like uh concocting yeah, so think, it out of your your soul yeah so think think of think of like um shooting fire in x-men mm-hmm. or um and stuff like that uh or 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 manipulating water as a superpower versus manipulating water as a martial art. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely different. Mm. What was that? <laughs> Just to be, keep going. Okay, um, it's definitely different. I don't know how you're leading into this, but I definitely understand, Just especially in Avatar. It. Just talking about it. I mean. What'd you think of it? Did you you liked well, it? What I pulled from Avatar, and especially the elements and learning the elements, it was more of something that you mastered, like a skill, like you took a form of martial arts, you took a form of self-defense, or any sort of thing that you have to master, and mm-hmm. it was definitely something you controlled your mind, and you had to figure out like how to control the element and calm your mind to be able to do that so it was definitely you have to be able to control your mind rather than i don't know superhero movies because you brought that up it's more of they just it's an ability they have so they can do it it wasn't something that you learn as much i don't know if that was your what you were getting at but yeah well what i what i what i'm talking about is what i'm talking about is is the magic like the characters solve their problems with the magic but the magic was created in such a way that it lent itself to how problems were solved you couldn't just say oh let's just shoot this thing and blow it up you could definitely do that mm-hmm. but there was a form there was a way you had to go about it and that's what makes that's what makes good magic. And I hear that. I hear. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, I, for, well, let me comment real quick. I think that this idea of manipulation is a lot more superior storytelling because it makes it more interesting than just being like, mm-hmm. I have to learn how to control the fire as opposed to just mm-hmm. being able to create the fire out of my hand. Yeah. Um, and, and and I also think uh, I think it, it lends itself to better character development better storytelling more interesting storytelling but then i also need to ask you then because another thing that goes hand in hand with that is star wars 
you know, manipulation of the force. And so how does that, do you think that's in the same world as what you're referring to with the bending and the magic? Um, can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Star Wars does the same thing. Uh, at least the original three Star Wars mm-hmm. movies do the same thing where uh, the Force is um, part of the story. Yeah. It is, it's not like what the story revolves around necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also not necessarily used – it's not used as a plot device either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just – it just seems like it's part of the world. Um yeah. So yeah, Star Wars does a good job with it. Uh, even though Star Wars, the even though the Force would be considered more of a soft magic system, yeah. and and this okay. this this is really what I wanted to get to. Um, are you guys familiar with terms about magic? Not very. Educate me. Okay. And the people. So listening. there there are two t- types of magic used okay. in everything. It's a spectrum. Uh, it's a spectrum, yes, but there, there are two very clear ends. Gotcha. There is soft magic, and there is hard magic. Okay. So soft magic is basically what you see in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's what the Force is. Okay. It's uh, it's, it's what you'll find in a lot of real high fantasies. That's soft magic. Avatar has soft magic. Avatar is hard magic. What's the different? What what differs so, it? Hard hard magic has clearly defined limitations and rules. The limitations and rules. So okay. when you watch Lord of the Rings, Gandalf never explains why he can do something or why he can't do something. He gotcha. just does it. All right, that's yeah. soft magic. Soft magic is more of a theme or a backdrop. It can be used. For storytelling, but in a different way. Hard magic, hard magic, can be used in a deeper way. It's a tool and less of a theme. Uh, okay. So, are you familiar with uh, Brandon Sanderson? No, I don't think so. So he's a very popular fantasy writer, and he uses hard magic in what most he of written? his stories. He's written stuff like Mistborn mm-hmm. and. Um, the Way of Kings and I've stuff heard of the like Way that. of Kings. Yeah, he's written those stuff, and it's he uses hard magic. And a couple of years ago, he wrote several articles called um, Sanderson's Three Laws of Magic. Okay. Well, let me just summarize those for you. So, his first law of magic is an author's ability to solve conflict with magic is directly proportional to how well the reader understands said magic. Okay. So in Avatar, Joshua, mm-hmm. you understand bending, right? Yes. Yeah, you understand. You understand what it can what it can do, and for the most part, what it can't do. Mm-hmm. All right, and never in the story does it do something you wouldn't expect it to do. Mm-hmm. So it does things you might not see coming, but when it happens, you're like. Wow, that's super cool. I didn't expect them to do that, but now that they've mm-hmm. done it, I see how they didn't really break any rules. Like uh, like Toph metal bending. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Right. Way to spoil. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Who cares? It, it, he, so, you know, like, Joseph for Josh. Okay. Joseph. <laughs> in in Avatar, Earthbenders can bend Earth. Gotcha. All right. That makes sense. Um, but they can't bend metal because it's, it's not purified. Earth. Yes. It's purified. Um, later on in the story, one of the characters who's blind but uses Earthbending to sense seismic waves mm-hmm. to see. She figures out how to bend metal by sensing the trace amounts of earth in it. Okay. So it's not something unexpected. It's still adhering to the rules or, that earthbending has set. Or even but, like mm-hmm. when the one episode where she learns how to, that witch learns, teaches her how to manipulate and control people by water bending their blood mm-hmm. yeah yeah like still it's not breaking any of the rules of bending it's yeah. just redefining what you already expected like you can bend water okay gotcha but then you go wait blood is water there's water in people that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense so that's that's hard magic and i would say that bending is maybe a little further away from hard magic on the spectrum of magic and soft. So it's mm-hmm. definitely not strict hard magic. All right. I have Where a question. Are... Go ahead. Okay. I have, I have a theory. Tell me if this is soft magic because it's in, it's soft magic in a world of hard magic. Okay. So okay. X-Men. Um, Jean's character seems to have unlimited power. But every other mutant's abilities is all hard magic. But hers seems to be soft because there is a constant question in the story. What is she going to be able to do next? Because she seems to have unlimited power. Is that like the writer using the soft magic in a world of hard magic tool to keep the audience questioning and unaware of what's going to happen? Or the limitation behind their character? Mm. Well, well, as far as superpowers, superpowers are like soft. They, you know, there's never just one. It's usually soft or hard. You know, like characters can do like Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. definitely soft magic. Gotcha. Um, while uh, Superman, that'd be hard magic. You know exactly well, what Superman can do. While there are very obvious rules to what Doctor Strange can do, he, only he knows those rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, so that's what makes it soft. Is so while he while he's gonna have to go through all the spells and he's gonna have to measure all the limitations because there's so much the audience doesn't the, know and the audience doesn't. Whereas Jean, um, we know what her powers are. Yeah, it's, are tele- it's telekinesis. Um, uh, what's what's mind to mind? Telepathy. Telepathy yeah. and pyrokinesis. Okay. Which is what the Dark Phoenix yeah. is. Is it's it's uh telekinesis that moves the molecule so much that they burst into flame. Okay. So so in a way But that's in the movie she was bursting people into freaking dust. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on that's telekinesis. It's on the it's on a spectrum. But 
there are definitely rules to spectrum. what it, I don't yeah. understand these spectrum. <laughs> Let's not get into the spectrum. There, there are definitely there are definitely rules to what it can do. Gotcha. Like, like you know she's not going to, uh, you know she's not gonna shoot lasers out of her eyes. Okay. Because we've not that that you know that's not what her power does. So anything that she does do unexpected is gonna be within the parameters of her telepathy and telekinesis stuff like that um, I have so a, a I, it's a definitely question. not a pure hard magic gotcha I have a, but it's one, definitely not pure soft either one question just to kind of clarify in Joseph's mind and in mine because I to this day I, I'm still confused even if I understood soft and hard magic wait so you're saying to this day as if you've been thinking about this for a while but you've never a heard little of bit. soft and no, hard magic no. until today well, listen, I, I knew of the concept I just didn't know of it as soft and hard magic okay what is Jack Jack in The Incredibles? <laughs> is he hoff, soft or hard magic? <laughs> uh, it's superpowers. So again, it's probably it's it's closer to what a hard magic system would be. Just the but he just know. like does everything. It's like what <laughs> but, is a yeah. new power? <laughs> yeah, but he's he's more of a uh, a um, what would you call it a. Uh, He's sort of outside of mm-hmm. of that yeah. of their worlds defined. But but when we rules. talk when we talk mm-hmm. about hard and soft magic, we're usually talking about magic systems, and superpowers are kind of outside of that. They're more of like their own thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But like a magic system, like Lord of the Rings and yeah. uh, Avatar, those are magic systems that encompass the whole world you know what i mean yeah and um to get back okay you know keep going okay. sorry i didn't want to cut you to, off to, to get back to uh sanderson's laws when you have clearly defined uh limitations and rules um gosh i gotta read it again it allows the – you said yeah. something where it, His, it controls the way the story goes and yeah. what the – The author's ability to solve conflict with magic is directly proportional to how well the reader understands said magic. Okay. So that's hard magic. So you have more opportunities to um, create conflict and then have your um, protagonist solve the conflict – Using magic that's clearly defined, like gotcha. So, so in, that's why that's why films that have soft magic or stories that have soft magic tend to they tend to use it in a way that kind of seems like their human or whatever they are ability solved the conflict, but there was like this outside power that was in exactly. their favor. And and you can never know you can never know what's going to happen next. Or like the magic solves the problem. The magic solves the problem, and there's no limitation. And you that's know. why Doctor Strange stands out because that's exactly what happened in Infinity Wars. Yes, is that the last one? Yeah, that's a. Yeah. That's kind of exactly what happened with that one. Yeah, so it's like something happens and it solves a problem, and you, and you're left feeling slightly unfulfilled because you don't know exactly how it worked. You don't know how that worked. You didn't know where it came from. Why don't they just solve all their problems with this magic you don't understand? Gotcha. Yeah. So in stories with soft magic, the person using them is usually sort of a side character. So like Gandalf or 
or some other wise old person or in Doctor Strange it was the bald lady mm-hmm. you know what, um, do you, what do you prefer John Mark or Wyatt what do you prefer in a story I, so they, they, they their tools are different things so yeah. hard magic hard magic you can do certain things with soft magic is good for certain things so soft magic lends an air of mysteriousness yeah you know depth to your world which you can do with hard magic but it lends sort of a mysterious arcane depth you know while hard magic is something you you understand so you don't get that mysteriousness you know so it like in avatar even the non-benders understood what bending was yeah you know but in lord of the rings in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf was seen as like, whoa, this mystical figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's an ancient side of mystical mm-hmm. uh, mysticalness <laughs> that we don't I think, understand. I think one of the best examples is a book called, or a series of books called the Powder Mage mm-hmm. books. And... In the books, there's characters, and they're all, all the characters are side characters that have this ability. Uh, it's called, a, I think, a tick or something. Okay. And it's a, it's a clearly defined magical ability with limitations. So, like, mm-hmm. a character with one of these ticks um, doesn't have to sleep. Okay. That's his tick. He doesn't have to sleep. There's, he has a cousin who doesn't have to eat. And he has another cousin who can eat as much as he wants. That's <laughs> what they can do. And okay. then there's, uh, and then there's the powder mages, who, uh, uh, when they ingest powder, uh, gunpowder, gunpowder, their their, uh, their physical and um, and uh, their 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 senses get better, and and they're mm-hmm. a little bit physically uh, better. And and they can manipulate um, uh, bullets. Like gotcha. when they sh- when they shoot a gun, they can sort of manipulate where the bullet goes. And they can all um, use a, like a third eye ability and see mm-hmm. magic. Even even the ones with just a tick. Okay. Um, and then it goes further, and there's actual magicians, and they can manipulate magic with their fingers. Okay. So their thumb can manipulate a specific, uh, almost an element like air or uh, lightning, mm-hmm. and their finger can manipulate like earth or fire, and so they can mix and match the way that they pull on these magical strings with their fingers to do all sorts of different magic, right? Gotcha. That would be that would be more soft. Yeah, and that that goes into soft, even though it has rules, but then it goes even further, and there are these godlike figures. Who you don't really know what they can do, and so this sort of meshes uh, magic from from hard magic all the way to uh, really soft magic. Where you so you never so while the world has very clear and defined rules for some people, there's mm-hmm. other characters that you know add an air of uh, depth and mystery to the story. Okay, so yes. basically. basically Basically, when it comes to magic in stories, I believe that um, I believe that the best stories involving magic 
There are a few exceptions, but the mm-hmm. best stories involving magic are ones that use hard magic. It sets limitations from the beginning. So I already disagree. What? You gotta <laughs> let me keep going. It it sets it sets limitations from the beginning. So when the character gets into a situation, the reader can without reading, the reader could hypothetically look at the conflict and figure out how the character will solve it. Okay. Just by knowing what they can do. No, While the rules. With soft magic, when the character comes into a conflict, the reader doesn't know how they're going to solve it. They don't have the ability to go, oh, they'll solve it like this. Mm-hmm. Hard magic's the opposite. The reader knows all the rules. I think they I, know, I, I'm agreeing with John Mark. I like that version yeah, better than the soft. There, there are, the there are stories that, there are stories that that aren't like that and I keep going back to Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. it's a good example of a story that doesn't use um, magic to solve all their problems okay yes um, and that's good eagles. but when you're <laughs> when you're creating a, when you're creating a story up where your main character uses magic uh-huh. and it's a major theme you it's it's better to use hard magic because mm-hmm. that magic is a part of the story. It's a central and, point to the character yeah, development. Yeah, and he's going to be using it to solve problems. And you don't want to let your reader down by allowing him to just solve these problems, solve these problems. With this magic, you don't understand. How do you it's think different. Harry Potter did with that idea? Uh, Harry Potter is soft magic, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um are you sure? But, because it seems like in every movie he learns a different skill with the rules and then he applies it at the end. You know what I mean? It's, it's still soft magic. Yeah, like But there are still the, rules involved. Like why some, yeah, but why did um Have you seen all you know, of them, Joseph? Yeah. How how did how did Dumbledore in that one vision of the past where he's sitting there with Tom Riddle, how did he make that uh that that room go up in flames? I don't know, but that that's, it kind of goes right. back to it. It's like the world feels like soft magic, but through the eyes of Harry Potter as the main character, we learn the aspects of the that there like, actually ob- is like hard obviously, magic. Obviously, obviously, there's hard fast rules to what they can do with magic, but there's no rules as to what magic can do and accomplish. Yeah, and, okay. and the and the the audience does not know all the rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's still it's still soft magic. Now Harry Potter doesn't lean on magic as a crutch. You know, I thought you were about I, to say too it's heavily. More, I was like, no, shut up! It's everything about it. No, it's it's no, it's it's a central part of the story. But okay. it, it's really more about the characters and less about what the characters do. As magic. boring yeah. as Harry Potter as a character is. Yes, I would. Um, <laughs> now there are there are a couple things like the. Uh, Time travel uh-huh. in in um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. That that kind of let me down. I'm like, see, I didn't know about this. Like, mm-hmm. where did this come from? And now they're going to solve their problem using this magic that oh that yes. just but see that that, just that that episode specifically is why I came into the argument saying it it's feels like soft, soft magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it feels like hard magic. You know. Excuse me. Yeah, like you know, there's rules, but you don't know what the rules are. And but that you kind of learn them though through Harry you Potter. Learn, yeah, you kind of learn that. 
you kind of learn that. You just don't know about everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you kind of learn you It's a lot different, that. too, in, like, the newer movies that they're coming out with now that's not Harry Potter. It's, like, the same world. What is it called? Yeah. The, the Beast one? Yeah. yeah. Fantastical Fantastic. Beast. Fantastical Definitely Beast. Definitely yeah. Fantastical Letdown. It, it's more... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a lot different where you see some of the other th- rules and things like that that you don't see in right. Harry Potter. Okay, I want to ask Wyatt... And I'm not going to, no one interrupt him. I want to see him break it down. He might answer real quick or he might have to think about it. How, what kind of, how would you describe the magic that is used by the witch Teodoma from Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, probably, probably soft magic. Who's Teodoma? I definitely say soft. Have you not it's, seen the Pirates of the Caribbean? It's soft yeah, magic. I, I mean, obviously, she's like, She's essentially like Poseidon, right? Yeah, okay, yes. that lady. So, yeah, and also they solve every issue with with human with the human ability, but she also kind of calls the ending of it because she says yeah. it's like Will's destiny. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like this unspoken force that she's like kind of has control over or is kind right. of observing. So let's 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 go back to the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh huh. That would be hard magic. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That would, that, that would be hard yeah, magic. The, the Aztec they, gold is very much hard magic. Yeah, like, like when they're skeletons, you know. There's very you, specific rules. You, there's very specific rules. Like, well, it's not even like necessarily very specific rules. We know what the deal is, and the deal is they can't feel, they can't taste, they can't, you know, they don't feel heat or cold. They don't really breathe. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and they and they don't die necessarily. Yes. And this this is a good segue into uh, Sanderson's second law. Okay. And it basically it basically says that limitations is greater than power. So it's his second law is not what can the magic do. It's what can it not do. So there are the holes where it makes it interesting. Yeah. So in in um, Avatar, in Avatar, we know that we we know that like um, to begin with, Earthbenders can't bend metal. Mm. All right. It's later revealed that there is Earth in metal, which doesn't break the rule. It just and it doesn't mean that all Earthbenders can bend that. Yeah. It just it just twists it a little bit. Um, we also know that, um, aside from the Avatar, people can only bend one element. Mm-hmm. We know that um, we know that waterbenders get power from the moon. We know that firebenders get power from the sun. Without the moon, waterbenders can't bend. Without the sun, firebenders can't bend. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. So, and in in Sanderson's books. He always, he always makes it a big deal to let you know what it can't do. So in his Mistborn series, it's all based around metal. Um, there are different kinds of metals like iron and steel and pewter and tin and gold and stuff like that. And the characters ingest bits of the metal mm-hmm. and they, they burn it, which gives them a power. Okay. So... Um, steel allows them to push on metal. 
but it 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 it, it defines it like they can't move it around they can't uh-huh. make it curve they can push it directly away from their center of gravity okay and and uh there are these people that have all the powers and so they can push uh with steel and they can pull with iron and they can push and pull on any metal but they have to have steel or iron to use those powers okay and so in the story it sets these limitations also you you can't be like you, I, I'm not going to be able to push like a truck because it's heavier than me. Yeah. I would push myself away from the truck if I were to try to push it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you can't you can only push things away from you that are lighter than yourself. If you push okay. on something heavier, you're going to fly back. If you pull on something heavier than yourself, you're going to fly towards it. Okay. So it's so all, it, it, yeah it's yeah it, it has to do with like it has to do with your. Um, how heavy you are yeah right i can obviously i can push a toaster but i'll probably have to put a little bit more on my body weight behind that Mm -hmm. than it would to push a coin so you know what exactly you you know what they you know what they can do but more importantly you know what they can't do yes and so when conflicts arise uh the characters go through this process of especially when they're fighting and sanderson describes it very well of using their powers Mm-hmm. And they come in, they come, sometimes there are conflicts that they can't do something. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't push on metal that is inside somebody or pierces somebody's skin. Okay. All right? Yeah. In which case, they have to find another way to use their power to win the battle or not use it at all, which sometimes happens. Do you, do you guys think that most writers are aware of this method or do they write without even realizing this method of magic some of them some of them must most fantasy writers know of sanderson's three laws okay this is great i'm learning so much yeah they're 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 literally called sanderson's three laws i'll hear it and most writers know about this i'll hear it in casual conversation like oh yeah i was i was writing this and I just had to remember Sanderson's three laws, mm-hmm. you know. So, and and the second law is one that people stress a lot: the limitations are more important than the actual powers themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I've they, heard I've heard terms spoken by writers that follow that same principle to yeah. make an interesting story. I just yeah. haven't heard it in terms of magic or yeah, Anderson. Yeah, it's like make sure yeah, or, make what sure was his name Anderson. Sanderson. Well, Sanderson. Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson, Sanderson, yeah. Okay. It's like make sure what the make sure the reader knows what it cannot do. Yeah. And then stick and then stick to that. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you show new things, make sure it doesn't deviate from the system you've already set. Otherwise the reader's gonna feel cheated. You know? Yes. Um, they want the characters to solve the problems within the parameters you've set and if you suddenly provide them with an out they're going to feel cheated like I, I went through all this just for them to solve this thing with this thing I didn't even know about that Like, makes sense. I, I want to point out that that's also I, uh, an important that leads to an important thing in storytelling uh, as far as limitations as when does the character not succeed right because mm-hmm. you know how how many how many cartoons did you watch as a kid where you know 
after every episode, the heroes were on their way and the villains had been vanquished. And I mean, how, how many losses is the main bad guy going to take before he's like, okay, this is something, there's, there's a problem here, mm-hmm. you know? Because, and that's how I and, feel like with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it, it, it always seems like the heroes are winning. And Josh, uh, you know, just as an example, since you finished. Um, uh, Avatar. It was yeah. it was an it was an important story arc uh, when the characters don't succeed. In this, yeah. you know, like in the second season. In the second season, big setback. They had a big setback. They didn't succeed, and I that intrigued me. I think the most as a kid. I was like, wait a second, they didn't win. They lost. They lost. <laughs> yeah. They lost. With, they lost with actual severe consequences. It's like, wait a second. They they had they had all. They had all of their ducks in a row. They had everything going for them, and they lost. And Which I, I want to briefly touch on this. I know this is getting off topic a teeny bit. Well, let let before you get to that, let Wyatt finish his thought. Um. So yeah, I think it's important this. for characters to have uh, limitations so that um, you know there's a possibility. Right. I mean, I love, right, I love when the, you know, when when the characters win, when they when they come up with a new strategy or something and they win and it's, it's awesome. But mm-hmm. I love it just as much when the character loses because you know that they're going to come back. And better. really, really fast so that Josh can say what he's going to say. <laughs> well, um, you, you might be throwing it too far back you can throw point. it you can throw it no back. no okay. no it's 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 along the same line so and it doesn't exactly have to do with it doesn't exactly have to do with uh magic uh-huh. but um it, it it it's along the same lines what, of what is it what what go ahead it's along the same lines of something that happens that you didn't know about okay and it's in lord of the rings so you have two movies, and um, you get to the third movie, and all seems lost. And then towards the end of the third movie, they're like, oh, there's this army of ghosts in the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll solve your problems. And so they go, and they get the ghosts. Which has rules. The ghosts have rules. Which have rules, yes. But it was an unknown up to that point. Yes. Um, in the books... In the books, it was foreshadowed a little more in the third book. Mm-hmm. But in the movies, it definitely felt spur of the moment. You didn't even know about it until they got up onto the mountain. Yeah, And then correct. it's like, here's this plot device that will solve all your problems. I love those movies, but that is the only thing I dislike about those movies. Yeah, is the that fact that is the fact that he's able to go into the mountain, find this unvanquishable army that we as an audience didn't know about until just now and used them to just... But it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win because it, Frodo is like, yeah, it doesn't no, agree. I'm not throwing the ring That's the I think it, that's the redeeming point. It yeah. didn't, yeah, it didn't it, change the ultimate outcome. It just helped them win that big, uh, yeah. that big battle <laughs> outside yeah, of Gondor. But, yeah, I was about to say big-ass battle. I don't yeah. know why I stopped. I'm trying yeah, to keep it clean. It's, 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 it's that point where... It's a plot device that 
we didn't see coming, we didn't know about, and I still like the movies. Yeah. But that one part, I always feel slightly cheated when I see it. Like I oh, agree. Okay, so I agree. You know, it is. I want to know what Josh was going to say. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, let's yeah, kick, was, back, was, kick it way back to what Josh was talking because you were talking about Avatar, and you said it was important that they lost, and. After, after you finish, we're not talking about Lord of the Rings or Avatar for the rest of the episode. <laughs> okay. We're talking too I, much about I, it. Pick something I don't, else. I don't, I don't agree with this. <laughs> I don't need it. But I, I went back after I watched the whole se- three seasons of Avatar, the cartoon one, and I was just curious. I know people say it's terrible, but I went and watched um, M. Night Shyamalan's version. No. <laughs> was it Wait, bad? Why did was you, it worse? Why did Which you was spoil uh, which was a mistake because it it ruined the show and just everything that was good with the show. It basically ruined it on top of just having bad actors. It was awful. But we don't, not we to, in the not, community don't talk about that. <laughs> but like, not, that movie didn't happen. I mean, I was watching the movie and I'm like, it's about to be done. They're only like this far into the story, and it just kind of ends. Yeah, and doesn't give us any satisfaction it just kind of ends yeah and that that was something that i picked up it didn't give us the arc it just kind of stopped when they were in a good place yeah well i think i saw that can be said yeah you're right <laughs> i i think i think m knight thought he was gonna make a trilogy mm-hmm. and then they didn't which, fund him after he watched, after he saw the final cut of that first movie, he should have realized that wasn't going to happen. In Which, fact, he should have read the script and realized that wasn't going to happen. But he wrote the script, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was he he was probably blind to that. <laughs> well, I it just it makes me so sad too, though, because I love M Night Shyamalan. In, he's done awesome stuff. He's done some he's done awesome some movies, stuff. but that movie was, a was just so bad. I don't think everything a, a director is going to do is going to be great. Yes, but he sh- that one that one should have been good. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Of all the things he's done, from the guy who can't even watch the no. cartoon show. Listen, if everyone loves the cartoon so much, why would they think a live action remake was going to be better? Well, they didn't think it was going to. Well, why be did better? they think it would even be as good? No, it, it there's n- the it, the live action not- Avatar was set up for failure from the beginning. They can't redo it. If the cartoon is perfect and everyone loves it, you're not going to get it better. It just needs to stay uh, a cartoon. You're not going to get not, it better. You're not. It's, it's not that you're going to get it better, but it's... Unless it's literally live action shot But if shot you can shot. capture some of the essence of it... And some make, of the essence, yeah, right? People, people would be happy. Yeah. Um, but well, the, the thing fact is that, that it was the, just, the one, fact that it was just terrible. You yeah. Know? Well, you haven't... Um, I'm just saying, like I, I understand that that idea. I'm I'm speaking from from <laughs> my knowledge of how uh, of how the world reacts to films mm-hmm. and remakes, and not from well, that not see, from the idea of Avatar specifically. Now, now we can look forward to either with hope or despair uh, Netflix's um, live action TV show. Better start making. to spare and Wait, center. are they yep. really going to make a live action? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. I'm already in the despair but, um, of that one. The only, the only redeeming hope I have is that the writers from the show are directly involved with it. Yeah. Um, they've made, they've made special, they've made it 
very clear that all the characters are going to be cast as the proper race for the role. Yeah, because so that was a weird gonna, thing. Nobody was gonna, Chinese in that movie at all. You're gonna was you're not Chinese gonna have Indian or Asian, Asian or whatever. You're not you're, you're you're not gonna have Indian firebenders. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna have white Eskimos. Okay. Um, they're gonna do that right, and they also said that they're gonna take special care for how the bending is shown because yeah. in that movie you well he turned it he turned off. it into the hardest of hard magic systems right it went from being it went from being an earthbender can bend earth right mm-hmm. yeah uh, he doesn't necessarily have to know the martial arts but you know having a grasp having a grip on on which movements make it uh easier to do stuff mm-hmm. um you know, make make it easier to bend. I mean, Katara in the beginning, she could bend water. She could she could make the bubbles and of water and move yeah. them and stuff. But she didn't know how to bend, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't know how to how to use her powers. Whereas in Shyamalan's movie, you had to know they like did the martial art moves before mm-hmm. the bending actually happened. And I mean, it took like ten guys doing a weird stomping motion in you know in sync to throw one stone which that gets on my nerves most of all so again the the hard the the magic system i think lends itself to better storytelling or worse storytelling in shaman's case for that movie that makes sense that makes sense um i yeah, let's move off of it because apparently you don't want to talk about it. It's not. No, I don't want to keep talking about Avatar because <laughs> um, I'm just thinking about audience members who haven't seen Avatar. Right. They're going to no, be like, ah, oh, this, this is a trash episode. Yeah, those people. Right, We're going to watch next week. How, how many of those people even exist outside? Right. Him and like 10 people. Okay. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Um <laughs> I since we were talking about remakes, I wanted to ask you what are some remakes you're either looking forward to or not looking forward to? Man, we are dropping stuff left and right this episode. Just this, this down. Oh, I dropped some stuff. Um, too. <laughs> okay, so so the uh, the Wheel of Time, Wheel of Time, Amazon I guess, live action. That's which I haven't that's read Wheel out. of Time. So. Yeah, you haven't. So Wheel of Time was written by Robert Jordan. Okay, who was um a big inspiration for Brandon Sanderson. In fact, after Robert Jordan died, mm-hmm. Brandon Sanderson finished the last three books mm-hmm. of The Wheel of Time, which is 14 books long. Gotcha. It's a very, very, it's a very, very long series. Um, I'm looking forward to that. That one's going to be good. Um, it's got a Game of Thrones-esque budget. That's yeah. awesome. And um, I know that Brandon Sanderson is involved with that, I'm also looking forward to the Mistborn movie. The what movie? Are they gonna do that one? It's Mist- another Sanderson book. It's another, uh, um, I saw on Instagram, or I, I read somewhere that uh, that um, they're still working on the script, but there is a script. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, it's a big fat no to any superhero movies. Not looking forward to those. Um, Did you know uh, Netflix bought the rights to all of the Narnia films, and they're going to be starting to release them soon? 
As long as they as long as they follow the books, uh, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. As I, long I, as they I'd don't, like to see some. Good. As long as they don't bastardize seen... the uh, Christian message. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens there. Hollywood has a way of doing that, and it's so central to the theme. Of um, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the Narnia art from that Netflix has released. Mm-hmm. I've seen those. Yeah. Oh, you've seen I them. Haven't. Oh, they're it. actually oh. really, really interesting. They're, um, they're intriguing. They're very intriguing. I'm trying to look. Okay, so here's one for Prince, uh, The Last Battle. They're doing one to The Last Battle. I don't know if you can see that. Take a look, Jamar. Can you see that? Looks cool. I'll look it up. Yeah, Looks look cool. up Netflix Narnia art or something. Um, are you looking forward to any remakes, Joe, Josh? I the the Narnia's one. Um, Josh, me and Josh were talking about this a few nights ago. It's not yeah. a really a remake, but it's kind of like a continuation that got delayed because of the coronavirus. Is um, Maverick? Maverick. Uh, the next Top Gun Top movie. Top Gun too. Yeah. Okay. We're looking forward to that. And then also A Quiet Place too. Was yeah, A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place was really good. I liked yeah. it. I did enjoy A Quiet Place. Um, that's one we're very much looking forward to. Um, I'm trying to think. That I feel like there's a whole list of stuff that I'm looking forward to. You know what I'm not looking forward to? Another Suicide Squad. Oh. Ugh. I don't want to <sighs> see anything from DC ever again. Yeah, me neither. I and think the, you know DC sucks? should stop. Mm. Pete Davidson, the guy we like, yeah. he's in He's in the next Suicide Squad. Oh. Yeah. He, he definitely does like... Because it's like, okay, like why are you doing that? You know? Um, I, now, see... I was intrigued when uh, what is it, Universal released the the Mummy with Tom Cruise yeah. as as <laughs> yeah. an opening to their um, uh, Dark World series or the Dark mm-hmm. Dark Universe, which I wanted to see. I wanted to see the more of the Mummy. I wanted to see uh, Frankenstein, and I wanted to see. Uh, uh, the Invisible Man and, you know, a werewolf, you know, mm-hmm. Wolfman, maybe a Swamp Thing. I wanted yeah. to see that stuff, you know, but I don't think that one really hit the ground running. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, now, a, a lot of those haven't haven't taken off, or ne- didn't take off, um, which is kind of a bummer. There, there was like yeah. a few years where they made a bunch of big blockbuster style films that just weren't going anywhere. It's it's almost like they were. It, I, it's not not like it's almost like they were actually they were just everybody was trying to launch their own Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. The mm-hmm. only everyone was trying to do it. The only cinematic universe with so far a beginning, middle, and end, and clear story arcs for all the characters. Uh, you know. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Just want to point that out. That the only successful multi-movie <laughs> storytelling ever. Just yeah. like Marvel. Marvel that, and I'm, also whenever Game of Thrones ended, everybody was buying up rights to things that was like, oh yeah, anything medieval. Oh, medieval and they wanted, everybody wants a medieval show or yeah, movies think, or something to come out. Well, like this Narnia a, bought, I mean, uh, yeah, Netflix bought Narnia. Narnia. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, and you have all those is it terrible. HBO that bought or no Hulu bought um, the Lord of the Rings one. Who bought the Lord of the Rings? Hulu is owned by Disney. That means Amazon. Disney Amazon. Amazon. Amazon's got Lord Amazon. of the Rings, and they're going to do some similar. Got Lord of the stuff. Rings. 
Which that could be cool. Yeah. I I don't know though. What has Amazon put cool. out that's amazing though? I mean, no one uh, even watches that show. Prime. Don't you remember that show? I'm kidding. That I don't show. Even know. <laughs> Dude, they've got no. Amazon's got a lot. They've got some good stuff on there. But nobody seen, watches I, Amazon stuff. Yeah, they do. Everybody, everybody's got yeah. Amazon. Uh, no. I think every streaming service has like a couple things that are decent. And then yeah, the they got a couple stuff, stuff that's good on like Amazon. Like Disney Plus. I really like The Mandalorian. Yeah, I want to see more but Mandalorian. What else on Disney Plus that. do they have besides The Mandalorian? Yeah, they have the original movies like the Pixar and all those things we grew up with that were that it's reminiscent to watch. But The Mandalorian was the best. Thing a Disney, for Disney Plus, Plus original. What do they have? I know YouTube tried. They, I mean, they're still kind of trying. YouTube's to. never going to be what they're. That YouTube you needs see, to be what did, they are. Did you yeah. see Cobra Kai? No, but no, I, it, I I didn't watch it, but I I was around all of the hype about it. You know, it was good. I re- I actually I got YouTube Premium to watch Cobra Kai, and I still have YouTube Premium. I just I use it too much. <laughs> um, really? No, it, it is it is a good show. It's very enjoyable. Um, okay, there was a couple yeah. old shows that was the on the original YouTube Premium that came out for free like last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about the um, the the new movies. What's coming out? What 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 we're gonna see? And you, you mentioned Game of Thrones. I think are we gonna talk about Game of Thrones? <laughs> well, uh, well, just I think just we're going a little down bit. A huge rabbit hole. I think here. I think it's interesting that after that terrible last season of Game of Thrones, it dropped off. Right, yeah. Game of Thrones for the past what ten years mm-hmm. has yeah. been the biggest uh, cultural influence on uh, pop culture. cinematic pop history. culture and 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 cinema for the past ten years. Huge, massive for for across, you know. And they squandered. And it. and then and then that last season came out. They squandered. And, and nobody it. talks about it anymore. Dude, yeah, you know, no I took off work the final episode. I took off work that day so I could come and watch it with you guys. I know, I know. I appreciate it. It was a good thing. <laughs> but I'm saying, okay. like, it was like. It Super was a Bowl big thing, and you drove thing. you drove down. Yeah, yeah, it was like Super Bowl stuff. Every it was like a Super Bowl every we, week. Me, me and Kenzie don't even have Super Bowl parties, and we had a Game of Thrones finale. Game of Thrones party, big party. But we we were having parties with different friends. They would come over every single Sunday for the whole last season. I mean, we yeah. had awesome Sunday nights on that last season. Mm-hmm. But that that finale, we had over like Joshua came down. He drove like two hours to come to my place. We had probably like. There was probably a total of like friggin' nine to eleven people in our living room watching the finale of Game of Thrones. You mm-hmm. know, like Awful. a bunch of people just showed up, and mm-hmm. there wasn't that many people. But was there was like decent. Greg and everybody over there. No, who was there? There was like, you know, it doesn't matter. No, no one listening to this cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, it was a big thing, you know. Yeah. And yeah. you know what really sucks and also makes me laugh. Because the directors who started something beautiful, who bounced at the last because they were they started to get a promise from Disney that they were going to be able to direct a Star Wars film, and they like, were get they were getting deals from everybody. To and they're like, stuff. oh, we're going to go do some Star Wars, so we're going to finish Game of Thrones because we're tired. So they, and then they, they go, they, they finish it, and then they get they fired. Run. They told them that they're told no. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 rushed it. They rushed it because they're like, 
dude, we're getting into the bigs now. J.R. Yeah. Martin, he uh, he said he was hoping for like at least three more seasons. It needed three more seasons. It at the very least needed that last season and another season to really just yes. wrap it up. Yeah, there should there should the have end been. of the freaking finale. Or no, the finale of the of season eight was the last one. They should have. It should have been the the when they they defeated the White Walkers. Yeah, they the should battle, have been the end the of the season. Of, the battle of um, the North Winterfell. Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole that season should have been, should have been about. The they should yes. They the should have dedi- They should have dedicated an entire season to to the last night. And yeah. then the next season should have been completely dedicated. D- Towards to, Daenerys and the dragons and Jon Snow yeah, and the family, it, 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 it should have been completely dedicated to the aftermath of the exactly. last exactly, and the drama between all of the mm-hmm. kingdoms and the kings R- and queens. Yeah, instead they gave and they they spent they spent nine seasons building up the last night. I know, and they they finished it on one season. They it's squashed like, it in one episode. Like, three episodes. Here, you go, here it is, barely. No, one episode. one episode. One episode. No, after it, they they led up to it, at, you know, in the first, in the last season, they led up to it after three episodes, and then and then boom, everything happened then in over. one episode. There was nothing about. Which, by the way, if you're gonna finish it in one episode, they did it really well. It was a cool but episode. It, it was, was extremely rushed. It was yeah. very. It was rushed. extremely rushed, and there were like absolutely. No realistic battle tactics. It was awful. Um, yeah, but also it was it was a, a literal wave of dead people coming at you. It it was it didn't hearken at all to any of the Azor High prophecies that are everywhere in the books. Yeah, that's true. I don't. That's true. Yeah, there was nothing about like me and Wyatt spent seasons trying to guess who it was going to be. Who it could and be? Who the sign? You guys had yes. a good the, guess, though. I remember you, I, well, when we you first started. It, guesses. You guys had Theon, good guess. You're Theon like, Theon this Greyjoy. is what's going to happen. You thought Theon, Theon was Greyjoy. Greyjoy, and then we thought it was. We thought it was Theon. Then you thought it was Jamie. and then we thought it was. And Jamie. then it could have been Jamie. Mm-hmm. Could have been Jamie. It would have made yeah, sense to be I Jamie. I mean, Theon would have been the only one to uh, really who who really could have filled that you know that return of the king almost because mm-hmm. in his kingdom or in uh, amongst his people the the uh you know when you, when you they they choose a king and then he drowns and and comes and back comes back and that resuscitate him back to life basically. and that would fit into that would fit into that they die and then come back to life prophecy and then, I mean, it just, it could have been so good to have a character who who had a good story arc, who, who felt yeah. redeemed, right, mm-hmm. to, and, and to just see. to break him again, to destroy him even more at, mm-hmm. at the hands of his people and mm-hmm. his uncle even. Yes. And, and to, to bring him back as a tortured but savior-like character and, who, who would... Who would you, you know help you know you know you, you know what I blame for giving us those expectations hmm. of the bad guy YouTubers. who you expect so much out of yeah 
No. Zuko from <laughs> Zuko from Avatar. <laughs> All right. That, that bad guy turns good guy story arc. Through just <laughs> through just pain, through just so much pain and agony. Yeah. And, okay. And I'm and I kept I kept looking for that. I kept looking for <laughs> it's it's Theon. Yeah. No, it's 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 Jamie. All right. I, it definitely could have been Jamie. More I than I think Theon, Jamie. but Jamie well, just made sense. And I kept telling Wyatt, I'm like, and, okay. Oh, here's this part. Look, look in this. He drowns. I wanted to see more yeah. of, yeah. Um, you know, or, I came up with this or, theory. Sam uh, Polly. He, he's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill his sister, and that's gonna be another sign. You know, I wanted to like see that. more of Sam yes. Tolly in the last season, where he became such a prophetic character. In yeah. Looking at history and figuring out what was gonna happen, and being just how his character ended up coming a maester. Yeah. I, I wanted to see more of that in the last season, but they didn't they didn't give him as much as or yeah. more Brand Stark of him being the three eyed raven and not just some not just some Gandalf in a wheelchair that gives I mean, sage advice. I I remember a lot of people was. predicted, and I think you guys were the first person I heard this from. Maybe not, but I don't know. That said, how it was going to end after everything, it was going to be Sam was going to close a book. And it was Sam that was telling the story of the yeah, Game I of like Thrones, that theory. and he was kind of writing it all down in the history book. But that's people don't care about that. That's just an no, interesting twist. I but that like doesn't that. really change anything because you didn't start the story with hands opening the book, and it would still be ending the same way according to history. That's just a weird little additive yeah. that you would do that um, doesn't really change the story. I do, however, I need to ask you what. <laughs> Did you like about the ending? Nothing. Don't say that. There, you have to find something. You guys are true fans. Don't be so critical. Tell me something you did think that made sense that worked. That you think the books will probably what end the same way. Who the? I, I, what's her name? What, what worked? I honestly had absolutely nothing. There was nothing redeeming about the ending. As to what worked, the Who? the hound the hound versus the mountain fight that, okay, that worked. worked the ending yes. of the hound and the mountain fight that was, that he, was where he where he falls in the fire mm-hmm. and he accepts his fate yeah that was he good. knew mm-hmm. that he was yeah. going to end by burning yeah okay, that yeah. was good also the ending to Tyrion's story becoming the hand of the king and and re- despite remake, how that happened right remaking the 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 council that was that was good, but it it was in the wrong setting. <laughs> it should have been after John Mark, you know, all the battles and everything. No, no, no. <laughs> I I would have fired Tyrion as hand the moment he appointed Bronn master of coin. <laughs> Bronn should not have been master. Yeah, that's that's like. That's, that's like handing a that's thief like all hi- your money. That's that's like hiring a known embezzler to be master of coins. Like, <laughs> dude, I know that you're. No, it was that, it was giving a master embezzler. Yeah, yeah. A coin. I know you're dis. I know you're dishonest. I know that your loyalty can be bought. Um, Here's all the I money. I know. I know that you really don't have a moral compass. And well, I, I know that you like nice things. Well, here's how do you, all of the money. <laughs> how do you how do you keep a uh, how do how do you how do you keep people from conning uh, your city? You hire a con artist. No, who no. knows? Well, all you the, get the knows, intel, yes, the but you don't give them the you, you rights need, to need, all yeah, the money. Yeah, but you need a con artist <laughs> that you trust. 
Right. Braun was literally <laughs> maybe a redeemed the highest. Con he he was he was he was literally he went to the highest bidder, and and that made no sense. I think well, Tyrion. I think Tyrion was confident because he believed he was always the highest bidder for his his attention and his. Well, loyalty. he also said Braun also said all I want. Is you know a is a castle and a wife and 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 money. Yes. And so Tyrion gave him that. Yes. He gave him he gave him a position. He gave him all the money, and you know and a castle. And I so thought, you know I couldn't give him Bron, a wife, but he that was his that was. Bron's I thought Bronn was gonna department. be was I thought Bronn was gonna be a reign. Honestly, I like yeah. I like that theory. Of I guess you man. need some normal people thrown in there, right? Yeah. Okay, so you liked the 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 brothers, the Hound, his ending, the Mountain. Um, you liked Tyrion's Hand of the King. Um, mm. What what else? What made sense? And you weren't like you're like okay. Although the the maybe maybe throughout the process. The what's the word I'm looking for? The way it was displayed in the films, the way it was presented in the films, was bad. The story consistency makes sense, and it's probably going to end the same way in the book because we already do know that it's going to end similarly. Because well, they, let me he say, did give up some of that information to. Let me say directors. while 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 the ending. The ending, while the last season was bad, it it felt like it was two or three seasons scrunched into one. So yes. essentially, if you could spread out what happened at the end with a few changes, with a few changes, you could have made like, all that happen with a few changes, similar. like uh, uh, the end of Jamie and Cersei. That mm-hmm. that needed to end different. That definitely, yeah. Um, that was a weird ending, and that was that that basically negated his entire character arc. Yeah, which was, which was not depending on her. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to get hit. Jamie at his best was Jamie when he was not with Cersei. Right, but yes. but his his ultimately when he decides, I do love I love her. I'm going back for her. That would have been a good story arc if if it were if it had developed over a longer season. It, it it you know we knew he loved her and we knew he probably wouldn't let leave her behind. Mm-hmm. But it should have been there should have been a lot more of his character, a lot more storytelling leading up to that. Um, uh, Daenerys going you know kind of kind of deciding that she's in charge and she can destroy whatever she wants yeah. as long as she gets her position also I I totally expected that but, but again it should have yeah, happened because you have this char- you have this character that went to such lengths to free slaves and not be like her dad mm-hmm. and not be like her dad that's her killing people was not something you get from just getting angry. We should have had at least two seasons of that development. Of develop of madness. She should have started you should have started seeing madness. That way when it happens, it's expected. It's not just, oh, I'm angry. I'm a pitch a fit. It <laughs> it, it should have been something that she's going insane. She doesn't have control of it. 
this is going to make no sense to people who haven't seen the show because we're talking about the last season and all these characters people have no clue about. Well, yeah. okay, if, oh, hopefully if you're listening to this and you're not interested anymore, we're going to keep talking about this for a few more minutes, but hopefully the first part was interesting to you. <laughs> but if you yeah. like Game of Thrones, you'll like this as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so... Um, yeah, it should have been stretched out. I think the the whole season eight or whatever, I think it was eight, mm-hmm. was the last season. Uh, that whole season should have been dedicated to them uh, setting up for the final war with the White Walkers and uh, what what Bran was doing. I mm-hmm. think there should have been just just so much of Bran going back in time for all of the setup. Yeah, for Bran, he did, it was it was useless. He did absolutely nothing. I get the anything. idea that oh, he's the memory of the people. Well, he should have had some kind of direct. He should have been fighting. You know, he wasn't fighting. It's like you weren't fighting. You he hold the entire. You hold the memory of mankind, yet you do nothing to preserve that. You have all this power. You don't do anything, you know. He, he didn't really have... do anything at all. He didn't even really contribute well, to the, killing the, the... the point was he saw how it's all going to play out. Right. But we should have... We should have... I wanted to... I, I wanted less of Bran as Yoda and more of Bran as a struggling... Teenager? Um, teenager who's trying to save his present, right? Mm-hmm. He's... He... You know, we... They set up that he he heard all the stories from, uh, from uh, the old man mm-hmm. who who would tell them stories, and so he knew he knew all the stories about the past and about all the different brands throughout history. And I think knowing that, remembering those stories, I think it would have been great storytelling for him to go back through and find those guys and try to influence them to make sure that that they could save the present. Like influence the one guy to the one brand who built the wall, you know, the brand to defend the wall, brands of Winterfell to make sure that it, you know it was it was strategically placed. There was a theory that. That um, the voices that the Mad King heard was Bran trying to warn the people of the past. Yeah, mm. but um, mm. you know, I the think voices good, were saying burn it all down. Bur- burn, yeah, burn, burn, burn them, <laughs> burn all. them all. Burn them all. That's Could have been talking about she's gonna the burn them all. <laughs> um, right. Um, and um, that is interesting. Yeah. A good. Well, the Go Force always bring the most interesting stuff that's not actually true. <laughs> right. I think. I think a good. I think a good story arc for Bran in the later seasons would have been finding out who Azor Ahai is, oh, and yeah. n- nudging that person into where they need to be. Which okay, you know, I need you to talk about this briefly because I do want to. I do want to mention. The things that I was okay with and happy with and agreed with at the end, but no, for people that no. are casual watchers, for people are that are casual watchers of Game of Thrones and they don't know who Azor Ahai is because it's yeah. not talked about much, please right. explain that briefly that. to the audience because some people might not know as much as you've told me and Joshua. 
Right, Wyatt, go for it. What? What do you guys explain Azora High? Azora High was essentially a hero character um, who uh, fought off evil. He was a he was a conqueror and a you know just that the chosen one, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And he 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 quenched his his sword in you know there were you know the legends were like he quenched it like three times. You know, once in the heart of a demon, and once in the heart of no, uh, not, not a demon. I don't know a he lion, it, a person. Well, I think he did it first in like a lion or something. A first beast. in water or something, right? Or no, he he quenched it in the heart of, of a, a lion of a beast, and Which then he quenched it in the heart of an enemy, and then he and then he he realized that it had to be quenched in the heart of something of, he loved. The what he loved most, mm-hmm. which was his, you know, his his. Uh, his wife or so, girlfriend, and so mm-hmm. I think I think that Jamie would have been a good candidate for that. Candidate for Absolutely. that was quenched in the heart of a lion, quenched in an enemy, quenched. So in the kill one Tyrion, then kill no, no, Daenerys, no. then kill his sister. <laughs> no, well he could have he could have he could have killed his sister and fulfilled both the lion. Well, the prophecy and the one wasn't he that he would quench quench the sword. It, the prophecy was that he, he couldn't would die. quench it. He couldn't quench he would, it. He would die, and he would come back. Uh, he would be, you know, what what the Red Woman in the show, who who's always saying the prophecies, you know, always saw him on salt and on, ash on on salt. Yeah, salt. You know, which which could have been snow. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So people were saying, oh, it was John. It was John Snow because he came back. But, he came back to life, but but it that didn't make much sense yeah and that and eventually you know that that he you know the the comet was also there was a comet in the show that foretold that that's when azora high would come back so you know they they didn't have to do um what everybody would think would happen which is um obviously uh, obviously, a character would die. He, you know, his blade would be quenched in the one he loved, and it would burst into flame. And he would become, he would, you know, very obviously be Azor High because he would be like having a flaming sword, and he would be floating, <clears throat> and his eyes would be gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they could, they, they, they would have done it subtly, right? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't and, have been as direct and magnificent right, as that. But, but, would it not have been cooler to see that? You know, to see no. a character. Well, well, I mean, like, we see Daenerys, you know, get into a bonfire with three eggs, and, mm-hmm. and it all burns down, and she comes out of it alive with three dragons. That right? was That's very pretty cool. epic. Yes. We needed more epicness like she that. She did that again later on. More when she magical. Burned down that big building. And yeah. She walked out more magical epicness like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole Azora High thing was um, the fact that we didn't get that character, which is so central to the okay. books. Okay. But at, let me ask you this: Do you think that they did give it to us? We just don't know because it wasn't laid out to us the way the books are going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think I we did think get it? Because I personally mm-hmm. think if we did, it was Jon Snow. 
It, if it, yeah, if we but, did, it would have been it would it would have been John Snow. Or it, it is been, John Snow, and it could have it, it it could have been John Snow. But right, and that would have made sense. Yeah, it would have it would have made sense because no one was going to kill Daenerys was, at the end except for John. That's his big reason such, why he came back. It was such a it was such a if if that was what they were saying, John Snow is. It was such a letdown. One because. Yeah, but the whole season was a letdown. Maybe they were the supposed season, to yeah. not the whole one, season show more of that, and they didn't. One they didn't because nobody wants nobody, and and I'm not a big fan of subvert expectations, <laughs> but in reality, nobody wants the obvious character to be the obvious savior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know they want they want somebody who started out as someone you would not think of and slowly gained character Jon Snow had problems but for the most part he was a Mary Sue mm-hmm. like Jon Snow Wait, he married never, Sue? <laughs> Jon Snow never really had um big moral conflicts mm-hmm. his right. moral conflicts, he always knew who he was mm-hmm. his moral conflicts were uh petty yes you know for the most part he was always Jon Snow was one of the only characters you're like, oh yeah, he's a good guy, mm-hmm. right? You're like, you knew he was a always good guy. Always trusted Jon Snow. You always trusted. Jon kind Snow. of that way with Tyrion as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want, I wanted somebody. If somebody was going to fill that role, I wanted it to be somebody who you didn't expect. Somebody, somebody who, who very clearly person. had uh, problems. Problems. Somebody who was redeemed with who basically. they were. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead and give us your very, very small list of what you liked. Okay. So there was <laughs> a number of things list. I was okay with. I guess I'm okay with the list. way Tyrion's ended, even though it was a bit silly. Obviously, the the, per, the way it was presented was all silly. Um, I, strangely enough, strangely enough, uh Bran becoming king made sense to me. What? What's now, wrong with you? Now, now hold cr- on. Now, you're a crazy crack no, no, I'm not. Mm-mm. Wait, I'm trying to agree here. <laughs> no, do not agree. I'm trying they to said agree. Earlier, no. Bran couldn't be a king. I didn't like the way they presented the. I didn't like the way they presented his character at the end, where he's just like, "And I was meant to be here the whole time." I didn't like like that. But I think the the way his character moved through the story, it made sense for him to become king during that period of time in Westeros. Right. Um, Again, I think with with the proper amount of time and with the proper amount of story. Uh, Brand becoming king could have been just fine. I would have, and I, I think it liked, will in the book. I would have liked that. I think ending. it will in the books. Yeah, um, the other thing, the, books. the other thing that I don't know if you guys agree with on that I actually do very much agree with. Well, not not agree with you that I I'm I'm okay with, and I I think that the books will end this way as well. Is how Jon Snow's story ended. I, I didn't mind his ending either. I think but, he yeah. is meant to kill Daenerys uh, by proxy. I think the way Daenerys goes out is also consistent. However, it was way too rushed as we already beat beat to death. You know. Um, I like I like the idea of John becoming king beyond the wall. 
but uh, yes, yes, exactly. Or at like, least at sense. least kind of leader of the wildlings or whatever you like, want to yeah, call them now. Like, yeah, he had such an obvious connection with the north and mm-hmm. with especially above the wall it and the beauty. It made perfect and sense for, his, for his him wolf. not to become, like, king or anything, just to, like, go out in the wilderness and live the rest of his days. That made yeah, sense Yeah, his me. wolf was, was, was comfortable there. Um, yeah, it made total sense that he would that that it would be fine for him to do that Mm -hmm. um but again like i said it felt it felt like two two seasons three seasons mashed together uh yeah mashed so close together that it just like mashed potatoes yes like okay another side character that actually made sense for me as well um brienne of tarth i think is her name what happened to her she became she became the king's guard Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, like that, that made sense to like me. Um, she became guard to Bran, which their names are so close. I I think I'm saying each other's names sometimes. Bran right. and Brian. <laughs> Brienne and Bran. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and I also think, okay, this is this is my biggest my biggest. I have a lot of issues, but one thing that I think. Probably she, the the whole thing with, um, his name is Red Worm. What? What is it? Red Worm. Red. Gray Worm. Gray Worm. Gray Worm and Missande. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. That, their relationship and their character. Because she just ending, died on the wall, didn't she? She got her head cut off. That and was he retarded. went crazy. And then he just took off without actually, without actually, you know, taking revenge for this person he loves so much um right it did their their character development and the way their characters acted in the end did not make sense to me at all Um, yeah i just want to know where the desert came from yeah the desert outside of uh because we had seen so many aerial shots of king's landing king's landing there was never a desert. There was it. never this flat plain of and, desert. And looking then all area. of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's a desert. Like where did it, where did this come from? Right. <laughs> it would have made sense for it to be more of green flowing fields that had all the forest around it okay. cut down. Like and this th- this goes back to um, not magic, but the discussion we had on magic. Okay. Is don't bring up Avatar, that, sir. No. <laughs> we 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 know that the. Um, <laughs> That the uh, giant crossbow things uh-huh. were a bane to the dragons, yet in the very last episode, Daenerys is like, "These things don't matter." It's like the writers are like, "Oh yeah, remember these things that we established are very dangerous to dragons." Well, there's like twenty of them on this wall, so it, you would expect this to be a big problem. It's not barely. She <laughs> bomb rushes it, blows it all up. Yeah, yeah. she's so like, just I rush expected, it and kill it. Everything. I expected more out of that rather than just well the thing oh, yeah. is Jamark they couldn't have done that because they had to finish up the they had to wrap it up they had they couldn't deal Ex- with all that exactly. stuff exactly <laughs> exactly oh my yeah. gosh it was uh, like i said it was an accordion this this uh this thing this conversation distresses me yeah i it think was we should accordion. end angry and upset <laughs> I'm, distra- I'm right i'm distressed um, put it in the mail yeah. ship it off <laughs> to switzerland to greenland just put it in the mail. Um, Go put ahead. your stamp Why? on it. So, um, on a lighter note, uh-huh. uh, I think that 
it it's it's a it's a beacon for directors and writers to look at as something not to do ever, right? Yes. To to be able to affect pop culture so heavily for so long and to end it in such a way, it's it's a good way for uh, writers to look at it and be like, yeah, let's not ever do that. But I think it yes. could also could also be dangerous for writers to be like maybe i don't want to commit so much right maybe i yeah. don't want to commit they're gonna so think much about, to something so heavily i might mess it up they're gonna you know? think about what they do before they decide to commit right um, so i do think and i'm breaking my own rule i do think there has not yet been as fulfilling of an ending of a multi media uh, group of work as satisfying an ending as the way Lord of the Rings was. And as Avatar? True. I haven't seen Avatar, so I can't and say. As, and as Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> was the ending that satisfying? It, it truly was the most satisfying ending. Yeah. Better than Lord of the Rings? Uh, akin to Lord of the Rings, I would say. Yeah, because okay. there's, you got there's with the girl. actually you're, happy, there's, you're emotional. You got with the girl. You're weeping multiple yeah. times. Yes. He got with the girl. Okay. Yes. Multiple times. The there, girl, there's, he, he was trying to get with it, the freaking pilot. Yeah. <laughs> right? It, it's, it's I don't know very if I want to satisfying. watch tons of episodes no, of them satisfying. not getting together. It's no. it's very satisfying. Um, okay. But, yeah. So, what, what time are we at? Uh, we're at wrapping ah. time. I think we're right around an hour 30. Yep. All right. Yeah, you better, you better um, hurry up because I've got to discuss magic systems with some people online. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so next week I'm going to camp. Yeah. And I've told you guys this. Uh, and I'm going to try, if my cousin Josh is there, to record Yeet. a midnight special, a very special midnight special <laughs> yes. with my cousin Josh. So if you don't hear Joshua and I on next week's episode, do not be disheartened. Listen to um, the good friend and family member of the Goforths, Josh Goforth with Wyatt, and just dive right into it. Mm. Because I true, if you just commit wholeheartedly, as just soon as you turn that podcast on, beings. you will not be disappointed. Um, yeah. If all goes well, we'll have that podcast. If not, you'll probably hear from us again. Um, but if all goes well, you should be hearing from Wyatt and Josh, and I, I believe that will be a very great well, episode. When does camp I'm start? Monday? Uh, camp starts next Monday. Next Monday. So not you're driving all Monday the way coming. up from this, Georgia this to Pennsylvania. Monday, yeah. Wait, this coming? Yeah, this yeah, coming. Like, like three at, days? You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess so. you're you're heading up there Sunday. We're probably we're, we're shooting on leaving Saturday night. Tomorrow maybe. night? Or early, or early uh, Sunday morning. Gotcha. We'll it's gonna be like a ten-hour drive, right? Uh, it's a twelve to fourteen-hour drive. And with good the luck family, on that, sir. It's a fourteen-hour hey. drive. Hey. Listen to Joe Rogan. There's listen to post listen to Malone Joe is like four hours um, long. Okay, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. <laughs> if you get somewhere around Virginia, West Virginia, and you have car troubles. Please call me because I will just be yeah. a few hours away. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you a call. <laughs> right. Wyatt pulling out the line. <laughs> yeah, if you get stop. you get about you get a little <laughs> over halfway and your car starts messing up, give me a call. Yeah, absolutely. Or you could just stop in, take like a four-hour detour, and stay with me the night. <laughs> four-hour four hour detour. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, uh, Jamark. 
since you probably won't be on next next week and neither will we but me and josh will always get to finish off finish off episodes why yeah. don't you close us out on today's podcast especially since it was your topic all right thanks everybody for listening uh, this has been the midnight special uh, please tune in next time uh, this has been a great conversation maybe next time I'll actually get to the third law but uh, <laughs> we'll save we'll save that for a uh, for another night thanks again this has been John Mark Wyatt Joe and Pookie have a good night